0: Welcome, Nexus Church family, to our series we've titled, In God We Trust. There is no doubt that we are living in a season of chaos and conflict, but that does not have to deplete your soul. The things that you read in the news or on your social media does not have to indicate how you are living inside. We, my friends, can live In confidence, knowing that God is for us, He cares about us, and that we have confidence no matter what we face. And in this series, we're going to be unpacking what that looks like for you. So, would you join with us and come along as we truly can proclaim in God we trust? Enjoy today's message. Welcome back, Nexus Church family, to another week in our series in God We Trust. Last week we examined what do we do when we are in a culture that doesn't value God, but yet we are still called to serve God. We examine whether we are serving our culture or serving God. There's a great, great passage in the book of Daniel that examined how we can still be in a culture, but yet serve God, and Daniel was a great example of that. Now this week, we're going to be looking at a very important truth. You see, we, of course, as we've been talking about, live in a a culture that is far from God, but yet, God's in control. God has got our back. And I want to take a look in the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 32, and a little bit of chapter 31, and take a look at a time in Israel's history, in particular in Jerusalem, in the city of Jerusalem, when it was being attacked. And it seemed as if there was no hope the Assyrians were such a powerful force. And it looked as if all of Israel would be decimated and Jerusalem was the last to fall. And so King Hezekiah did something very important in this time. And we're going to examine that even in the midst of imminent defeat and death, that God is still in control. He has the last say. And so no matter what you are facing today, I want to bring you hope. I want to bring you a reminder that no matter how dark this world is, no matter what culture may be doing that is contrary to God, you can still know that as long as there is a person left who calls on the name of Jesus, there is hope. And that just might be you. You are the person to bring that hope. And so let's look at 2 Chronicles chapter 31, verse 20. Hezekiah did this throughout all Judah. What did he do? He took out anything that worshipped a false idol. He cleaned up the country. Now, of course, there had been many kings who had taken the, the country of Israel way far down the wrong path. And Hezekiah changed that. And continue in reading. He did what was good and upright and true before the Lord his God. He was diligent in every deed that he began in the service of God's temple, in the instruction and the commands in order to seek his God, and he prospered. He was prosperous. He did what God asked him to do. And after these faithful things, now this is chapter 32, King Sennacherib of Assyria came and entered Judah. He laid siege to the fortified cities and intended to break into them. Okay, so I want to clarify this because it wasn't that he was attacking Jerusalem yet, right? So King Hezekiah cleaned up the nation of Israel, or at least Judah, what was left of Israel. He cleaned it up He made it back to what it was supposed to be, worshiping the one true God. And then Assyria came in and started to attack all of the cities and villages around Judah. He hadn't got to Jerusalem yet, but he is on his way. And so from verses 2 through 7 and 8 of chapter 32, we read of how Hezekiah not only cleaned up the nation, he then prepared Judah his home city, the Mecca, the, the the capital city, he prepared it for what was about to happen. He repaired walls. He got all the soldiers in place. He got it ready so that when the Assyrians came, he'd be prepared. He did everything he could. He covered his bases. He got the, the nation back to where it was, right? you sometimes are going to do everything you need to do possible you are prepared you are right with God but yet dark times come and it's exactly what happened to our king Hezekiah and Israel in particular Judah verse 9 we read after this while King Sennacherib of Assyria with all his armed forces besieged Lashik. he sent his servants to Jerusalem against King Hezekiah of Judah and against all those of Judah who were in Jerusalem, saying, this is what King Sennacherib of Assyria says. What are you relying on? That you remain in Jerusalem under siege. Isn't Hezekiah misleading you to give you over to death by famine and thirst when he says, the Lord our God will keep from the grasp of the king of Syria? Didn't Hezekiah himself remove his high places and his altars and say to Judah and Jerusalem, you must worship before one altar and you must burn incense on it? He was just trying to make something up, right? He didn't know what he was talking about. And so he sent all these people to Jerusalem to convince them to just give up. He was playing mind games. He was trying to disrupt. He was trying to get the people to be scared before he even approached so that they would just give it all up so that he wouldn't lose anybody in the battle, right? Because he knew that there would be casualties on his end, even though they were way more powerful He just wanted to walk in and walk out. But he continued, Don't you know that I and my fathers have done to all the peoples of the lands? Have any of the nations and gods of the lands been able to rescue their land from my power? Who among all the gods of the nations that my predecessors completely destroyed was able to rescue his people from my power? That your God should be able to deliver you from my power? So now don't let Hezekiah deceive you and don't let him mislead you like this. Don't believe him, for no God of any nation or a kingdom has been able to rescue his people from my power or the power of my fathers. How much less your God will rescue you from my power. His servant said more against the Lord and against his servant Hezekiah. He also wrote letters to mock the Lord, the God of Israel, saying against him, Just like the nations and the gods of the lands that did not rescue their people from my power, so Hezekiah's God will not rescue his people from my power. Then they called out loudly in Hebrew to all the people of Jerusalem who were on the wall to frighten and discourage them in order that he might capture the city. Spoke against the God of Jerusalem like they had spoke against all the gods of the peoples of the earth, which were made by human hands. Notice in verse 18. They did all this to frighten and discourage. Now, what this passage didn't include was what they sent with the messengers. According to history, we know that these messengers would go with the heads of people that they had destroyed before the land they were about to destroy. And so just picture this with me, right? Here you have these messengers proclaiming that your gods aren't powerful enough we're just going to do exactly what we did to all the other lands. And they'd already captured all of these other parts of Israel, and in particular in Judah, to get to Jerusalem, the center city, the city that was on a hill, the most powerful and, and controlled of all the land of Israel. It was the beloved city. And so they sent all of these notes of what we're going to do. And then they had the heads of the people that they had destroyed. They even, from what we understand, they they had the people that were impaled on poles that they carried with them to show that what they were going to do to them. They had pictures and descriptions of what they did to the women and to the children. It was horrific. It was gruesome. And they would come in wearing the jewelry around them that had pieces of body parts that would have been tied to it to show them This is what we're going to do to you. It was gruesome. It was disgusting. Just imagine this with me. Like if you were in your city and some foreign land came through and said, we're taking care of you. And oh, here, do you recognize this from the neighboring city? Do you remember him? Like, it was that horrible So people would see family members and friends, people they knew, mutilated and destroyed, and women and children that they loved and cared about, that were taken advantage of. This was war. This was not anything we even come close to understanding today because it's so foreign to us. But yet, in the midst of it all, we see hope see hope because King Hezekiah continued to turn his attention to God. He continued to do what he could to be prepared. Now, this may seem so foreign to you, right? Like nothing this crazy could happen here. We still are afraid. We still have things around us that cause us to be in a dark place and wonder if there's any hope left, whether it's the economy or politics or the world around us that seems to be full of chaos and very unstable. We can have the same kind of hope. And Hezekiah gave us a perfect example of what we need to do when the world around us is crumbling. He proved to us that we can still proclaim a God we trust. I want to read to you the response that Hezekiah made after he had heard all of this. this. Right? He had seen the pictures. He had seen the firsthand experience of the heads that were being carried, the people that were being impaled, the, the bodies of the women and children that they carried. He saw it. He was in distress. But yet in verse 20 of First or 2nd Chronicles, chapter 32, we read: King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, prayed about this and cried out to heaven. They knew that they were prepared the best they could, but yet they looked out and they knew that they were no match for Assyria. They knew that they could stand their ground inside that walled city for a period of time, but ultimately they would take care of all of the food and supplies that were coming in and out. The water would dry up. Eventually, there would be nothing left but for surrender. They knew that they would take battering rams and try to blow through their massive walled city. They knew that there would no hope. Even though they did everything they could. Hezekiah did everything. He tried to pay tribute to them by paying them off, and nothing had worked. But King Hezekiah prayed. And in Psalm 46, many attribute this psalm to King Hezekiah's prayer. I want to read it to you, and I want you to just picture in your mind King Hezekiah praying this as he is under attack and under imminent destruction and seeing the horrific things that were going to happen to his people. This is what he prayed, and what you can pray when you feel like the world around you is crumbling. This is a powerful chapter, Psalm 46. He says, God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid, though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the sea. Though its waters roars and foams and the mountains quake with its turmoil, there is a river. Its streams delight the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. God is within her. She will not be toppled. God will help her when the morning dawns. Nations rage. Kingdoms topple. The earth melts when he lifts his voice. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come, see the works of the Lord who brings devastation on the earth. He makes war cease throughout the earth. He shatters bows and cuts spears to pieces. He sets wagons ablaze. Stop your fighting and know that I am God, exalted above among the nations, exalted on the earth. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our strong. have a couple of observations to make from this passage today that I believe can be applied to your life when you are in a place where the future doesn't seem too bright. There is hope. You can have hope today, even in the darkest of your places, because we know this. Number one, in times of trouble, God overflows with his abundance. Even in the darkest of times. Listen to this. God is our refuge. This is this is Hezekiah praying, right? God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Always found. Back to the original Hebrew. Always found is translated exceedingly discoverable. In abundance, he is there with us, exceedingly discoverable in times of trouble. He is there. I've heard of many, many examples of people who have been persecuted. In the darkest of times, God is more or more seemingly alive and with them than any other time in their lives. In the darkest of times, you can know without a shadow of doubt that God is there to him if you try to find him he's easily able to be found and think of Hezekiah in all the nation of Israel in the midst of all this turmoil they say God is our refuge and strength God is always found he's here with us I believe God is calling out to you just like he did to the Israelites. I am here right now. I am your safe place. I've got your back. I'm here with you. I want the best for you. Maybe you got let go of a job. I want you to know I will provide for you. Maybe you are in a strenuous relationship right now. I love you. I want to be in a relationship with you and I've got better for you. Maybe you're fighting depression, anxiety, anger. Maybe you're struggling with an addiction. God wants you to know this is not your life. I have so much more for you. Maybe you're going through some physical ailment. that just seems like there's no answer to. The doctors don't know what's going on. God wants to remind you that I care about how you're doing right now. That pain you're experiencing. I died for that. I care about it. I'm gonna fight for you. I'm gonna work in your life to make things work out for good. Because I love you. My child. You need to remember that today. You need to remember he loves you. So they prayed. And then our passage goes on to say in verse 6 of Psalm 46. Nations rage. Kingdoms topple. The earth melts when he lifts his voice. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. See, another thought I have for you today. See, God is big, right? He is massive. There is nothing in this world that he doesn't have control over. But yet, in the midst of his power, in the midst of his strength, in the midst of his vastness, he cares about you. The Lord of armies is with us. He is our stronghold. There's nothing too small that God doesn't see. And Sometimes we need to be reminded of that because, like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's really not. Could be just a, a simple thing as a rash. That's I feel silly praying about that. God cares. He cares about every detail of your life that is keeping you from fullness in Him. He cares about you. I believe difficult seasons reveal if we truly live under the statement. Because hard times will either reveal that we go to God or we try to take care of it ourselves. And that's exactly what Hezekiah was doing. He was turning to God. He was reminding himself and he was reminding all the people that could hear his voice that it was truly God who was going to defeat their enemies. And then God showed up. And God showed up. Back to 2 Chronicles 32, verse 21. And the Lord sent an angel who annihilated an angel, one angel, as the power of God. This nation that was going to come in and was already toppling all of Jerusalem, and all the nations before, nothing could stand against the Assyrians. But one angel sent by God annihilated every valiant warrior leader and commander in the camp of the king of Syria. So the king of Syria returned in disgrace to his land. He went to the temple of his God, and there some of his own children struck him down with a sword. So the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the power of King Sennacherib of Assyria and from the power of all the others. He gave them rest on every side. Many were bringing an offering to the Lord in Jerusalem and valuable gifts to King Hezekiah of Judah. He was exalted in the eyes of all the nations after that. an angel did it all. Isn't that God? The reality is, is that even if God didn't do that, even if God didn't send, Hezekiah was right with God. and That's what matters. That's what spoke volumes to God, and that glorified God. God got the glory in that battle. God wants to get the glory in the battles you face. Give him the glory. Turn to him. He is with you. He cares about you. He wants to fight for you, but you need to turn to him. What does Psalm 4610 say? This is where I want you to turn today. Turn to this passage and dwell on it. Write it down and meditate on it. Psalm 46.10 says, Stop fighting and know that I am God, exalted among the nations, exalted on earth. Stop fighting. That's the CSB translation, Christian Standard Bible. All the other ones that I'm aware of say, Be still and know that I'm God. Be still. Stop fighting. This battle is not yours. This battle is won by God alone. This life you live and the battles you face, it is God who will be victorious. Turn to Him. When's the last time you turned to God and gave Him the battles you are facing in your life? When did you stop fighting, trust God. It's so hard to do. It's so hard for me to do. I know there are so many battles that I face in my life that I try to pick up the pieces and do on my own. But this is a reminder to me and this is a reminder to you. The kingdom of God belongs to Him. We are His vessels. And yes, we do need to pick up and we need to do what we can. But it only is burned on by being on our knees and letting Him go before us and following us. If we get ahead of him, we become a casualty. When we get behind him, we become victorious. No matter the outcome, we will be victorious. We will be conquerors in Christ. And so, Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will help every person listening be reminded that the battles they face are won by you. And they are won by them. Stopping the fighting, stopping the battling. Seeking God, just like Hezekiah, I pray you would go before your people today, remind them of your great love for them, and nothing is too big or too small that you don't care about. You will go for it. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Stop fighting. Be still and know that He is God. He will fight for you. Remember have any comments or questions or concerns or anything that you need help with in connecting to God, you can go to nexuschurchmn at gmail.com, leave us an email there, or you can go to nexuschurchmn.com you can find more ways that you can connect with us as well. Leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram, and we will do whatever we can to help you in your journey with Jesus. See you again real soon.